The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In the 2016 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Xavier Howard, defensive back from Baylor. 13th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, Clemson. With the fifth pick, in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa, quarterback, Alabama. The Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. And we're on. And welcome to Two on Three YPC. We have two prospects for you today. We kind of... We kind of we're kind of excited for this because these two guys are two guys that I we got firmly on our boards, and I think we would be pretty happy if either one became a Miami Dolphin. Hit us with the first one, Sam. Uh, I'm going to go tight end again. So Darnell Washington, um, and this mm-hmm. happened. We decided this last week before he kind of blew up at the combine, but a very interesting player, interesting character measured in at six, six, two sixty four, an absolute kind of alien really. Um, but a, a five-star kid out of high school, uh, actually a short and fat kid, as he referred to himself as short and fat third grader, um, who essentially was the biggest, tallest kid in his class, outgrowing his friends, outgrowing his shoes, outgrow- outgrowing his clothes, Huge football fan, loves football. It was really interesting seeing Brian Baldinger today on social media talking about how much, you know, the, the most important question really when you come to the combine is how much do these kids love football? He loves football, loves basketball. He was a, you know, a, a kind of attraction for for NBA scouts on the kind of East Las Vegas playgrounds where he grew up, dominated against older kids as basketball, but kind of was erring towards football, won a state championship football and basketball. Um and ended up, you know, with scholarship offers from, from from everywhere, from Alabama, UCLA, USC, East Coast, West Coast, Nebraska, Wisconsin, anywhere that you, Michigan, et cetera, et cetera, played defensive end and tight end. But again, much like leaning towards football over basketball, he leaned towards tight end over defensive end. Um, and yeah, it was the first from his family to attend a college to attend college on scholarship, uh, which is great. Uh, and ended up at Georgia. Was a father in high school, um, so he has a he has a young daughter. Um, I think he's probably now about five. Um, but yeah, interesting player, interesting character. And kind of even back in high school, his coaches were talking about, look, if he puts it all together, he's a, this is an NFL kid because just because of the body type. Um, but there are some interesting that we'll get to some kind of interesting things about Washington in terms of, look, where does he ultimately end up? Is he a tight end or is he an offensive tackle? You know, because he's got that skill set and he's certainly got the frame to add weight, you know, where he could turn into a tackle. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Lance Zerline has already released all his uh, scouting reports, and he has his comparison as Darren Fells. Uh, I don't see it. I think he's more Mercedes Lewis. And um, 
I, I like springing this on you every single year, Simon, because it always shocks me. Uh, Mercedes Lewis should be a first ballot Hall of Very Good. Are you aware how many yards and touchdowns he has in his career? Uh, no. Over 5,000 yards receiving and 40 touchdowns. Yeah, okay. He's been a good player. And Mercedes Lewis came in kind of with the same reputation. And he's he's been just fine over the over all these years. Darnell Washington, I think the knock on him is that there's little evidence that he's a, a you know, a, an effective pass receiver, let's say, because there's very rare evidence of him running routes. He runs a lot of glance routes. He runs a lot of bow routes. Uh, oddly enough, he runs the glance and the bow route, which are two staples of the Miami Dolphins offense, much better than Mike Gusecki ever did. But I guess that's our saving grace is that there will be scouts and there will be teams that are going to look at him and say, you know, this is an incomplete product as a pass receiver, although we could, you know, we recognize the obvious strengths as a blocker and his size and speed, which is rare. But you agree with me that that's kind of the saving grace where it could push him to 51? I I don't think he'll end up at 51. I think he'll go before that. I just think that... um... I, I think that teams, you know, Titans a difficult position to play, but I think he's going to be such an early contributor because of how he blocks that actually it's not really going to make any difference. Um, you know, I think that a uh, point on Mercedes Lewis, actually, I think Mercedes Lewis is the, now it may have changed in the last year, but I've, I think Mercedes Lewis is the only former first round pick to catch a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Pretty sure he's only ever thrown <laughs> yeah. a touchdown to one former first rounder in his career and that was Mercedes Lewis. So wow, I right? I think that's pretty I think that's true. Um look Washington I, look I, I think he you know he's got obviously got great wide tight end size. He ran a he ran a 465 at the combine and I think there's a little bit of buyer beware with that because he doesn't look like a 465 runner, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. play like a 465 runner. He's definitely got build up speed. Uh, and that time, you know, I, I spoke to scouts last year, back in the last season, who were like, look, this kid could run in the four eights, low four nines. I think he ran in the four eights at the Georgia Junior Pro Day last year. Um, and hence why there was a conversation about, look, he could be a left tackle. If he runs in the four eights or the low four eights, early four nines, he could end up being, a, you know, a, a left tackle. He's not going to be Lee Smith, the, 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 the tight end that was drafted, who turned into probably the best blocking tight end of the last few years. Uh, he's. I don't think he's going to be Rob Gronkowski either, who's obviously a, an elite blocker, first ballot Hall of Famer. So the question is, look, what do you do with him in terms of that speed? When he gets going, he has he has got great, great speed. You know, he's got that four six five speed, but it takes mm-hmm. a while to get to get going. He's a plodder. I think he's a route runner. Actually, you know, he plods into his routes, um, and I, I don't. You know, that he doesn't have amazing lower half explosion. Um, He's a bit, you know, there are, for people that just watch the highlights, you see him, you know, he leaps over people and he breaks tackles and, but he can be a bit of a lumbering kind of yak guy. Do you know what I mean? And Mm. he's, he feels a bit heavy at times and you don't see the sort of the freak show stuff that he turned up at the combine on tape all that often, actually. Um, Certainly in the past, in the past game, he's got good hands. um, You know, he's obviously, you know, he's six foot six, 264 pounds. He's going to be an absolute load to bring down but the the thing that you know teams will look at is that look he's got great strength he's an inline tight end with that phenomenal size power strength combo at the point of attack 
he can, you know, the word is soften the edges, right? And that's what you're looking for a tight end to do. Can he soften the edges, which is what George Kittle does, which is why he's so good. Um, and he can absolutely, when he is, you know, he's a bit inconsistent as well. You, you kind of need him to go full ball the whole time. When he's full ball, when he's focused, he is very effective. He can collapse down a line. He can move defenders off the ball. Um, and I think with better technique, better hand use, uh, I think he would be an absolutely dominant run blocker as a as a tackle. Um, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, it kind of makes me think that you know a team might look at him at an off- as an offensive tackle at some point in his career because he's a bully. He's a bully blocker against linebacker and defensive backs in space. He's excellent ceiling in the run game on the edge in one on ones against defensive ends or, or or five technique or three techniques you know he, he's that kind of guy but I just don't necessarily see on tape all of the explosion all of the uh you know the, some of the numbers the combine numbers you know the, the 408 short shuttle time at 264 pounds you know over the last decade only four tight ends have, have ever posted a better short shuttle time and none of them were more than 255 pounds um so the the other thing is people say, well, you know, how can you draft a guy in the first round? He wasn't the number one tight end on that that team, which is a fair assessment. But actually, mm. look, Brock Bowers is the is the best tight end in the nation. You know, he's a he's a soft, true sophomore, so couldn't come out. You know, Bowers is always going to be the elite player in terms of you know he's he's undersized, but next year and he's six four, two thirty, two thirty five. Next year you'll see Bowers be in, an interesting conversation about where he ends up because of his size. But you know, he's an absolutely he's an absolute game changer. You know, down the field. They also have Oscar Delp, who was the number one ranked tight end in the in the country, uh, was a freshman this year. So, you know, Washington has to share Eric Gilbert, obviously, who people talked about coming into the season as, as a potential top 10 pick. He's had some off-field problems, suffered with depression. Uh, and I think he's transferred now out to, I can't remember who he's transferred to, actually. Um, Colorado, maybe? Somewhere. Anyway, mm-hmm. that, that's the material. But, you know, there is a reason. There, there are passes to be shared around in that, in that Georgia offense, hence why he wasn't the number one guy. The other concern, I think, for me, is that he's had some lower leg injuries in his background, you know, ankles, knees, you know, a number of issues dating back to high school, which does make you wonder about, look, can he get through a season, especially carrying that weight? You know, it's got a big frame, but it, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, talk- and especially when you throw him a, a bow out and all he has in front of him are safeties and corners, you know where they're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to go low on him. Absolutely. So- you talked about Mercedes Lewis. Actually, Ben Fennell, uh, uh, NFL Network, tw- uh, tweeted a very interesting comparison, actually, which is was Jason Witten. So Jason Witten was 6'5", mm. 264. Washington, 6'6", 264. They both had 31-inch verticals. Witten had a 465, 40. Washington, a 464, 40. Washington did 21 reps and a 10-2 broad jump. Witten did 25 reps and a 10-2 broad jump. They are very, very, very similar in terms of what they were able to do at the combine, in terms of numbers, in terms of size, all those sorts of things. So, you know, actually Jason Witten might not be the worst comparison either. So, look, I think it's really interesting. I think teams will... Look, we don't know the medicals either, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we don't know what the the knee and the, the ankle, the knees and the ankles look like. Um, but I would suspect that back end of the first round, uh, early to mid second round, I just don't really see somebody that's... That's six six. That's two sixty four. That's four six five. Can run a four six five forty. That can essentially be an extra guard or tackle in the run game, and that's got some juice down the field when he, you know, when he gets that build up going and is hard to bring down. Can post up, you know, either in the red zone, in the end zone, or you know, just at the at the first down at the sticks. 
I think it's difficult to feel that he's going to get to 51, but he's kind of perfect for, for what the Dolphins want to do. And if he does get there, then I, I, I would be very surprised to see somebody who, you know, puts so much emphasis on the tight end position as Mike McDaniel does, ignoring him and taking somebody else. Yeah, I I, I absolutely love him as a prospect. Uh, he squares up his his target as far as a, as a blocker as well or as good as anybody in this class. Um, I'm not too... Because sometimes his technique can get really sloppy, you know? Yeah. His feet and his hands don't always work together in unison. And when they do, it's great. But when they don't, you know, guys can get past him. Yeah, as long as they drill him, you know, they got to drill into him to keep his hands inside of his pads. Um, because, you know, that that's where the NFL, that's what they look at, you know? If your hands get outside your pads, especially in, out in space for a tight end, that's almost always a flag. And it's almost instinctual for the referees to just throw the flag. Once they see the hands leave, the framework of your own body to make a block, they're going to throw a flag. So yeah, he just has to get drilled in that regard. I think he's going to be fine. And uh, he's going to be fine. He's going to, and I'm not too worried about, about him as a, as a, as a route runner, because you know, the kind of routes that this offense is going to need from him early on, you know, it's, it's what he does. Well, he does, he runs a good glance route because he has good straight line speed and a bow route. It seems to be what he's he's best at. It's it's what they actually threw to him at Georgia the most. But now let's game plan this a little bit. In the first round, I'm pretty certain Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer will be first rounders. There's no doubt about that, right? You agree? Yeah. So if Darnell Washington sneaks in, then you could have a a, a run on tight ends for uh, right after because. I look at this this tight end group. I love a lot of these guys. Okay, uh, I I love the obvious three, right? The, and we just mentioned a couple of them, but Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft, Josh Wiley, Zach Kunz. Um, these are good players that I think will be there at fifty one. The only thing that can push Darnell Washington is if there isn't a run on tight ends, and Michael Mayer and Don Kincaid go a little later in the first round. Um, I think they go high. I think that brings in Darnell Washington. Do you agree? Um, and where do you see Mayer and Kincaid? Do they go uh, first third, middle third, last third in the first round? Because if they go last third, I think that helps us with Darnell Washington. I think you've got to look at teams like uh, Philadelphia. You've got to look at teams like Green Bay. You've got to look at teams like New England. Um, you know, you could see, you know, Green Bay with a sort of aging and not altogether perfectly healthy David Bakhtiari, as great as he is, potentially losing re restricted free agent Josh Nyman in free agency. You know, Elton Jenkins has been banged up a little bit. You know, could they see a Darnell Washington coming and helping out Jordan Love, but also, you know, being used essentially as a as an extra offensive lineman. They love that run game. They love that outside run game with Aaron Jones. You know, can they get some meat inside with you know, when they run uh, Dylan, et cetera, et cetera. So you could certainly see, you know, if Green Bay fell in love with him there, um, I, I think those teams, I think back end of the first round, teams that are just looking to add, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, imagine adding, a, you know, a Darnell Washington to, to, your, to your run game um, and to the pass game when you've got Travis, Travis Kelsey. I don't see Josh Wiley or the kid from Old Dominion being second day picks. I think they're probably third day picks. I think Wiley's kind of a later on mm -hmm. on the third day. Uh, Kunz has got great size, but you know he needs an awful lot of work, uh, an awful lot of work. 
Um, so I, I great will name be, though, great I, name, great name. I think, um, especially when he doesn't do very well. Um, I think there will be. Um, I think there's certainly three, uh, and then like, you bring in Laporta, you bring in Musgrave, the kid from Oregon State we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, you bring in Tucker Craft. I, I think that they are all potentially top ninety to ninety players. I just think the size profile of, of Washington, what he did at the combine, his upside in terms of what he could be turned into. I think that just makes it difficult to see him getting to 51, but you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. It's safe to say that he's, he's on both of our must draft lists at 51. Uh, I got about six players on there. <laughs> it's growing by the day. This is a great, this is a great draft class all around. Really? Um, you tend to agree, right? Like he's there at 51. Like he makes your short list, right? Yeah. He would make my short list. Absolutely. All right. And that's going to be it on Darnell Washington. Great prospect. Uh, it's obvious that we kind of like them, right? Uh, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll have another prospect. But first, these words. Do you have a... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C water leak and can't find where it's coming from are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business then call water cleanup of florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance with over 60 years of combined experience michael robert and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues 24 hours a day 365 days a year after the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. All right, and we're back. You got a second guy for us, Simon? I do. It's a running back who I've really followed the last two seasons. Really, who I I, I just really really like. It's Zach Charbonnet of, of UCLA, six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds. This is a kid who obviously started his career at, at Michigan. He was a hugely recruited kid at Michigan, sort of revitalized his career at UCLA. To me, he's the complete package of running back. Could be a dark horse superstar if he stays healthy. He uh, just just has everything that you want. And you talked about, you know, a kid that likes the game. This is a kid who loves the game. His high school coach called him an absolute throwback. He just does his job. He doesn't care about stats. All he cares about is winning. Um, he didn't play football to the seventh grade. Played in the same high school football team as Kayvon Thibodeau. 
but just an absolute low key guy who just loves football, loves movies, big fan of Disney, big fan of anime. It just like gets his head down and just a, a really, really hard worker. Um, you know, he's had, you know, a bit like Washington, he's had injuries, knee injuries, especially have troubled him since high school. And again, we don't know what the, the medicals were and, the, and they'll be very interesting. But, you know, he's had scopes and, and all sorts of things. Was the number four running back in the 2019 class. Uh, only the fourth freshman to ever start the first game of the season at running back for Michigan or ever actually since 1944. But essentially that's, you know, that's a pretty astonishing statistic. Uh, and just to me, like I said, just a, you know, a dark horse superstar. And I think you put on, you know, you obviously watch, you know, games, but there are some games where you look and see what he's able to do with his contact balance and how he bounces off backs. He looks, now, I don't want people to get this the wrong way, but there are elements of Barry Sanders to his game in the way that he is able to balance his body through contact bounce off runners and pick up yards. He has the best contact balance of any running back in his class by a long way. In fact, I don't, I can't think of a running back who has as good a contact balance as Zach Charbonnet does. The way he stays on his feet through contact is crazy. He always finishes with power as well, but he is a guy who, you know, just caroms off people and keeps on churning, keeps on churning, keeps on churning. And, the question about him really is the biggest downside to him, apart from the knee injuries, uh, is his speed. He ran a, and he ran a four fifty four at the combine, which I thought was pretty good at six foot two fourteen. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if he ran in the four sixes. So I, I think he had a really good day. He looked really good in drills, but you look at look, you talk about speed, right? The he had one two three four. He was the fifth best back in the FBS last year at ten yard runs or ten plus yard runs. He had forty four of them. So Keaton Mitchell had 50. Chase Brown, everybody talks about, about being a you know game at 48. Mo Ibrahim, 46. Dwayne McBride, 40, 45. Uh, and Charbonnet had 44. So, you know, this is a guy that knows how to get down the field. And, and, and you know, I've seen him play at Michigan. I liked him at UCLA. I liked him. But, you know, it wasn't until 18 months ago I did a really deep dive on him that I really kind of saw him. And, and this guy to me, in a good class of running backs, but this guy to me has everything to be a really, really good, maybe even elite back in the NFL. As a receiver, he's got soft hands. He can pluck the ball away from his body. He runs a variation of routes. In pass protection, he's excellent and he just gets better and better at it. Um, but you can get him on the field early and you don't have to worry that he's he's not going to hold up against blitzing defenders. You know, And there are times, just as a pure running back, LSU, Stanford, both in 2021, where there are just so many wow moments that you just think, I often feel like the West Coast bias of kind of the West Coast late night mm. game bias where people just haven't seen that much of players like Zach Charbonnet because they're in bed, yes. you know, on the East Coast. And that, you know, that's the thing. Like I said, best. Yeah, usually what, how it works here on the, on the East Coast is that you bet the early games. And then if you've lost all your early games, yeah. then you're betting UCLA or Stanford. Because they have a, a 10.30 start. <laughs> yeah, you wake you up and see what happens in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, best contact balance of any back in the draft. He kind of swats away arm tackles like like flies. And he really glides through the lanes to the second level. Uh, and it, when he when he, when he he hits the lane, he actually looks smaller than that that six foot two fifth 14. But mm. when he's taking up defenders, he's so tough. He's so physical. I mean, there's a story uh, about him in high school that he once ran over a defender so hard he broke three of their thoracic vertebrae and mm. put the guy in a neck to a neck to waist brace for four months. I mean, that's the power that he brings. Um, I thought he looked more explosive actually at UCLA, at UCLA than Michigan, but actually, you know, even at Michigan, there were big chunk gains on his tape. 
doesn't have that pull away speed, doesn't have the, you know, he's not Israel Abadakander in terms of, you know, he's just going to run away from you. But he gets 0 to 60 in a hurry, hits the second level at, at, at pace. And he also has great vision. Chip Kelly says he's got the best vision of any back he's ever coached. So just let mm. that sink in for a sec. You know, he comes, he can cut cunts. Did I just say that? Am I back yeah. to the old Titan? He can <laughs> cut front side to backside as well as anybody in the class. And, you know, I think he can glide outside on outside zone, but also between the tackles, he can be that sort of masher, the slasher, the churner. Uh, and I think it's quite interesting and I'm not giving anything massively away, but there was a prospect at the combine this year that the Dolphins said to him, can they played him, uh, they played him tape of Leonard Fournette and said, can you run like this? Which I thought was very interesting, given that we're an outside zone kind of elite, sort of slightly finesse running team, and that they're actually asking whether or not guys can run inside like Leonard Fournette, and that's absolutely what what Zach Charbonnet can do. He's graceful when he gets outside, and you know you wonder how much he can create. He's not Jamal Gibbs, or you know, in terms of creation when things are completely jammed up in front of him. But to me, this is an absolute serious factor back in the NFL. I just think he's a tremendous player. Yeah, if we set aside uh, Bijan Robinson, because I, you know how I feel about him, I think he's absolutely worth any. He, he's the next, uh, you know, he's a superstar. I think he's the he's a superstar at running back. He's Adrian Peterson. He's Saquon Barkley. I think he's worthy of a very high first round pick. If you set him aside, I do believe that Zach Charbonnet is the best daylight runner in this class. Yeah, and man, and I and I know that Lance Zerline is pretty good with these things, although I don't agree with his comparison. He has AJ Dillon. As a comparison, man, I see a lot of Matt Forte. He catches the ball so cleanly, Zach Charbonnet, and he he, he plucks it with his hands. He's like he's not he's not letting it get to his pads. And I also like how he sets up. You know, he sets up his blockers pretty well. He has a lot of wiggle. Like he's not going to really try to run you over. Although on, on the goal line, there's plenty of tape to suggest that he's going to pick a hole and he's going to make his own hole at the goal line, which is something you want to see. And yeah. And something the Dolphins desperately need, knowing that, like we, we've spoken plenty of times on the podcast, they're they're one of the worst teams in the league on third and one. Yeah, and that's a problem going forward. That's a they're problem the that they have to solve. I think they're one of the worst teams in called plays on third and one. I'm not sold that they're one of the worst teams in actual um, in actually getting it done. I think the play calls are are the reason why they're bad on third on third down. I think a, a, a back like Zach Charbonnet would go a long way to fixing that. Okay. Um, I absolutely like him. Um, if we're gonna give him a knock, okay, he doesn't look he doesn't look particularly fast to get to the boundary, but he gets there. There's plenty of tape of him running outside zone and being successful with it. But um, like what would you say to those that say, okay, he's not he's not a fit as far as just getting to, to just getting outside with just pure speed? No, he's not a pure speed guy. But then Jeff Wilson's not a pure speed guy either, you know. No. No, uh, so not. I don't, you know, and Jeff Wilson's been extremely successful in this system because of the way that he plays. I'm just looking at Jeff Wilson's 40 time he, um, from when he came out. But I think that, so Jeff Wilson ran a 4.57 uh, in the 40 and Charbonnet ran a 4.54. So, you know, I, I think that I don't have an issue with him whatsoever. In the, and, and actually, physically, they're pretty much, you know, Wilson was 5.11 and a half, so half an inch smaller than than Charbonnet and 211 pounds. So what, four pounds light, three pounds lighter than Charbonnet, 0.3 yeah. and slower. Um, so yeah, I don't have an issue with that at all. Yeah, Next Gen Stats has uh, his uh, combine rank as third. Uh, his athletic rating is 10th. 
And I finally figured out, by the way, how, how they're doing this. Uh, the, the way that they're doing this is by getting composites of every single thing that they did at the combine and then just uh, attaching a, an athletic score. Now you would say, oh, my God, you know, he's the 10th most athletic running back in the class. Like, that's not good. People have to get over these 40 times. And because a guy doesn't run 4-3-5, then he's trash. 4-5-3 at 215 pounds is moving. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think, you know, I think it's all systems go. He is on my list. He is on my my must draft list, which is growing by the day. I kind of like a couple of other guys a little bit more, but I wouldn't, you know, I I just wouldn't complain. You know, is he about, I always screw up his name, about Akanda. You know, I like him a lot, but if they pass on him to take Zach Sharpen, am I going to complain? Absolutely not. So let's get into that. Where does he go? At 50, I think he's absolutely there at 51. It's too deep of a class. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he goes somewhere between 50 and 90, really. I I Mm -hmm. think he's just a good player. But again, it just depends on what happens with the knees. It just depends on what the issue is in terms of his, uh, the medicals. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it. And, you know, next week we will have two more prospects. And and as usual, I don't expect Simon to share with us who those two guys are. Am I right? Under the hat. Exactly. All right. Talk to you next week. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.